Welcome to Save It for the Podcast, everyone. I'm your host, Pat Cusick, alongside my co-host, John Doyle. Good afternoon, everybody. And Mark Acuso. Hello to my two fellow fearless hosts and to everyone listening out there. Hello. Great to be back, guys. We are back. so great to be back. We are back. Uh, We had a week off where... We did an episode um, early in the week, then we weren't able to really get one in last week, because I got married and I went off to the Bahamas. Um, I was going to say, is everyone, we, we good? All right, you're married, you get the kid, yeah. you're married, we're good, we're set for a while, status quo? Yeah, we should only go the one with all the, uh, like, commitments. <laughs> the reason that we had such a hot time for podcasting is because of you know, I have. wedding plans and my infant son it's because you get too sleepy if you're up late i have no 30 i have no fun facts for the number 35 because i wasn't even completely positive what number episode it was. It is episode 35 um we let that week hang in the middle we didn't waste the, a number on it so this is episode 35 thanks everybody for listening we have a ton to cover this week um obviously when you miss a week you got a lot but it just so happened to be about the busiest week you can imagine <laughs> Unbelievable. sports from the patriots playing brady to uh, Kyrie Irving, Ben Simmons, John Gruden, Alabama football loses. Yeah. We got. We're gonna get into the Sox and and, and the NFL more in three big questions. Um, do you want to start with Gruden or Kyrie? Because I want to touch on both of those a little bit before we. I don't want to. We don't have to go too in depth on them. I think that Gruden is a better one to start with. So John Gruden, in case you didn't, you did not. In case you've been living on a rock, he has resigned slash probably been fired as. Head coach of the Oakland Raiders due to a lot of really nasty, racist, sexist, homophobic emails of his that were leaked due to an ongoing court case between the former or the current owner of the Washington football team, Daniel Snyder, and its former president, Bruce Allen. But I had a whole soliloquy slash introduction for you for Loser of the Week because I assumed you were going to use John Gruden. I was going to say... This week, vindication is spelled P A D R A I G C U S E K. I think I missed an I in there. You got it. I because guess. for years and years now, you've decided that John Gruden is your arch nemesis. Mm, it's and true. And you finally get some serious vindication. You knew all along, Pat, that he was a rotten guy. That he was a, a poor person, both homophobic, racist. Yep. I will say this. That's it. Um. I'm very happy to see John Gruden go down. I really don't <laughs> like him going down this way. I was hoping it would be his actual incompetence as a coach, which I have talked about many times, versus finding out. Like, I mean, I yeah, it, isn't, it. it isn't shocking to find out that somebody in a high position in the NFL has abhorrent views, but just how abhorrent and just how boldly he would speak them in these emails was, like, so shocking to me, I guess. Can you imagine? I mean, can you imagine the – like – like things that are whispered in, in private conversation, people have nasty views that they whisper in private conversation, and we can all just sort of we assume that that's true of a bunch of people that work in the NFL, especially yeah. higher up. To put those down uh, in email form and send them out, these are copying people on these emails. CCing people. It just goes to show you how I mean it's scary in a way because terrible views like this are okay enough that he felt comfortable emailing it to a bunch of different people. Like, saying stuff that you would just never imagine anybody in polite society would even think, let alone sit down in his email, chuckling to himself as he fires off these awful things. Just truly a really strange story. And, and the person I felt really bad for is Carl Nassib, who's obviously, you know, the first um, openly gay player in the NFL who's, like, stuck on a roster after Mike yeah. Sam. And, you know, I'm sure John Gruden gave some platitudes. I know when Carl, you know, came out in the offseason, the Raiders organization put out a big statement, blah, blah, blah. He must feel so betrayed by yeah. Gruden to see some of the stuff that he said. But you got to know that he, like, he must have known from day one. Like, you, if you spend time with a guy who has those views, then whatever they say, you know that they, like, that they're a bigot. Like, yeah, there's no way to hide that shit, I don't think. Mike Tirico came to his defense, John Gruden's defense. They yeah. worked together for a number of years. He said he never saw anything that seemed racist or anything like that. Oh, he didn't fuck himself. Yeah, I mean, geez. Tirico or Gruden? Tirico. <laughs> All these people that rushed out to say that, uh, I saved their own asses. They look so bad. I don't, I, I, think he, I don't think he... I think he what he said was something... It was more diplomatic than that. It said, these are terrible comments, so on and so forth. All he said is, in, he said, in my... From personally, I never experienced any type of racism. But isn't it almost it's it's what makes it where like very worrisome, I'm sure for 
you know, the women that work in the NFL, the black players, um, any any gay people, is that Gruden hides this stuff when he's in front of the camera or with, like, the guys that he plays with or the guys that he coaches, um, but he so willingly expresses it to other high-level NFL executives. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, people that are... Bruce Allen was the president of the Washington football team, like, making high-level decisions, and he's chortling at these awful comments that John Gruden is sending him. So, it, it, you know, it would be hard not to, if you're in one of these minority groups, feel like a culture exists across the top of the NFL whether they commit to racial justice, to social equality, to, to to all these different things, they don't actually mean it because in private we can see what they say now, or we've seen at least a snapshot of it, and it would be hard not to imagine that there's other people that um, talk like that. Demore Smith made a great point. He said, "I'd like I'd like to see more of the emails because it's hard not to imagine there's bias in the hiring when you see these kind of comments going on behind people's back." Well, yeah, I mean, I can't, why have the rest of the, that investigation into the Washington football team? I think we should see everything that they have. All the evidence from that case needs to come out. Not just, Bruden obviously gets thrown under the bus, but there has to be all kinds of shit like this in that investigation. <laughs> Gruden took this one in the chin, didn't he, boys? Oh, did he? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah that, that's probably why they got rid of Gruden so quick. They're hoping to shove this under the rug, the NFL, to say, like, Okay, get Gruden out of here, and then maybe this will die down a little bit. But it does seem like more and more of these emails are going to come out, so I will be interested to see um, where that goes. It's amazing. Uh, through three weeks, I think some of us had John Gruden as our coach of the year. They were 3-0, and and like, oh, hey. Uh, and we were like, Gruden's got it. This guy, he's, he got it back. He turned this, he turned this organization around, which looked like he had. And, oh, boy, I think they've lost two or three in a row. Two in a row now. And he's canned. Probably will never be seen in the public eye again. No, that'll be the end of the road for him. Uh, To transition to another guy who's hiding from the public eye, that would be Kyrie Irving, who it was announced uh, just a couple days ago. He has not been vaccinated, and because of that, he's not able to play in New York. At first, it seemed like the Nets were going to have him be sort of a part-time player, play on the road, don't play at home. And finally, they put an end to that shenanigans and just said, until this whole situation is sorted out, Kyrie won't be with the team. We're going to... Move on from there. I don't want us to dive too deep into whether she had vaccinated or not because we've done that on this podcast a bunch. <laughs> what I'd what I'd be more curious to hear from you guys is: Do you think they made the right decision, the Nets? John, do you think that was the right call by them saying, "Kyrie, you stay at home. We'll go from there." Absolutely. At the end of the day, he is a he's an employee of the team, and if all of everyone else is rowing in the same direction, it is such a it's an untenable situation for the other players and the rest of the staff. Get him out of here. And you know what? Vaccine or, you know, COVID aside, if it wasn't this, it could have been something else down the line. Because he is just a, um, he is a, he's a problem person. He is a contrarian to the max and he wants to do anything his own way. He's, he's not able to function in any kind of team environment. So to give him that latitude because he's a good player would be bogus. So he has to go. Couldn't what do you think, Mark? Yeah. Uh, this this gentleman is not an anti-vax warrior. He is just a contrarian, like like you guys are saying, like you were saying, John, via text message. If we said Kyrie, do not get the text me- uh, text message. Forgive me. <laughs> do not get the vaccine. He would say, maybe I will get the vaccine. Right. He doesn't believe in anything. Well, it's and I'm, and, oh, sure, ahead, one more thing is, I'm I'm very proud of former NBA players, particularly Shaq, Michael Jordan. That I know we don't want to discuss the vaccine per se, but they're saying. Get this guy out of here. Uh, Jordan was quoted saying, I believe in science, which obviously was directed at uh, the Kyrie situation, I think. Mm-hmm. So that's that's been a very good, uh, that's been a positive yeah. that's come from this situation. I, I don't understand where this, I don't know where this comes from. I work for a company in, in ph- the pharmaceutical uh, realm. We all have to get vaccinated or else we'll be fired. Like everybody else on this planet, like you, I work for a private organization mm-hmm. that has rules about this sort of thing. Yep. You can choose not to follow them, but you won't get paid, and you'll have to look for something else to do. That's yeah. the scenario he finds himself in. I, I think it's as simple as that. Uh, and, and sort of regardless of the vaccine or not, because um, we could talk to a blue in the face about that, it's more that the situation was going to be untenable with the idea of him playing half the games and not playing the other half. Because how do you prepare for that? Say this situation does not resolve itself. Say New York keeps the rules exactly as they are. Kyrie continues to maintain his stance. You're going to get to the playoffs. You've played 41 games with him, 41 without him. 
and what your identity for the playoffs is what now. Exactly. The Nets are trying to win an NBA championship. They need everybody pulling together at the same time, and they're better off saying, you know what, we're not going to have them. Let's go with the idea we're not going to have him. If he changes his mind, we can integrate him at a later point, knowing that we actually will have him at that point for the future. Yeah. You couldn't play half the year with him, you know, bringing him on the road. He's playing. That's just he's silly. A, he's what does Kevin Durant say to him after, after, a big, after a big road win? See you a couple of weeks. Yeah, <laughs> I'll see you in Charlotte. Everybody <laughs> says, pull your mask up. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> you know, you play mask up. Yeah. Why are you talking so close to me? Yeah. <laughs> um,. One la- well, we got two other things I want to hit in the intro. And I know this is a good long intro, Nets. everybody. Good for the Nets. Yeah, good for the Nets. Um, but there's two other things I want to hit in the intro before we move on to three big questions, because there is a lot. Um, ben Simmons, another NBA guy, he is now back with the Sixers after his two weeks sabbatical, which cost him, I believe, $8 million. Sheesh. Is that the worst vacation anybody's ever taken in their entire lives? That's the most expensive one I can think of. <laughs> yeah. He's, he demanded it? to be traded. He demanded to be traded. Like, dug his heels in. I'm not coming back. I'll never play with him again. Then they were like, okay, we're not paying you, though, by the way. And my understanding is he thought he could get the money back later. And the Players Association and the, and the NBA were like, uh, no, you super cannot get the money later. It's gone. So then he was like, oh, fuck. Ben Simmons, <laughs> uh, ben Simmons is a poor man's Nikhil Harry, I think, the way he handled this situation. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I want to be traded. It's like, no. And then he was like, and we're keeping all that money. It's like, oh, fuck. Let me get back to work. Did you see you did you read the reports the on... I just made my moves of the week. <laughs> did you read the reports on how he came back, too? He like, what a petty little brat he is. He, like, didn't tell the team he was coming back. They found out when he, like, showed up at the arena. Yeah, he's like, I'm here to be tested, The please. ego of this guy, uh, there are some teammates that were going to fly out to California to see him, and he told them not to come. Ah, uh, yeah, I'm coming to you because I'm going broke, sitting yeah. on my ass. I mean, what are they... And also his teammates, what, we can't go to California? We need Ben's permission? Hey, yeah. You're from Canada, eh? <laughs> he's from Australia. 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 Down on... Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk more about that as the NBA season kicks off, but I'm just curious how you even reintegrate a guy like that who's been like, I'm not coming back. I demand to be traded. And Bean said all kinds of stuff about it. Yeah, he's like, I think we've done a lot to try to make things work for him because he gets fed up with it, and now he's just back. It's like a guy who quits his job in a fit of rage and then like, oh, I really need that job, so I'm back. Well, the it's, George, the, it's the George Costanza. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's going to be a fine sailor. <laughs> Yeah, it's the George Costanza. Quit your job and pretend like you were kidding. Come yeah. back. It's like, oh yeah. Just what if you just What if you just come back and like pretend it didn't happen? That's, That's what, what he did. Yep. Um, last but not least, for the intro, we have finally had our big shakeup in college football. Uh, Alabama loses to an unranked team for the first time in about ever. Texas A and M. Was Were you totally surprised by that, or did you kind of feel like maybe this is the year Bama slips up a little bit? I was surprised because they usually take care of business against bad unranked teams. I'm surprised. Yeah, I'm surprised anytime Alabama loses. Um, but I do agree. I mean, they lost a ton of talent uh, between seasons. So if they were ever going to have a, uh, if they were ever going to have a, a, a year that maybe they're not cleared away the best, we I think coming into the season, I'll say this. I think we all thought that they were still far and away the favorite because the other teams looked bad. Yeah. Or they didn't look as dominant. Clemson's obviously not the same team, et cetera, et cetera. But they might actually be, you know, a borderline four and not the one. Yeah. So I'm, not, I'm surprised, but Georgia's the team to beat. Tough, actually, not to transition at all, but tough, tough. Uh, last Saturday was a tough day for Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Not only did Alabama lose, but then Al- Tuscaloosa, Alabama slammer, Deontay Wilder, Lost to Tyson Fury. Great point. We definitely should talk about that at least which a was, little bit. Which Deontay Wilder should not. That was the best boxing fight I've ever seen live. Yeah, that was great. Not all three, all three, you were in Vegas? On TV. Yes. All three amazing of us watched fight. it. Yeah, it was amazing. Uh, Tyson Fury knocked out Deontay Wilder in the 11th round after an incredible fight. I mean, Fury got knocked down twice in was it the fifth round. Yep. Uh, after, knocking Fury, after knocking down Wilder earlier. And it was just a war of attrition. Fury is just the best. I mean, he the, just the comparison between him and Wilder. He's just so much better than Wilder, but Wilder just hits so hard. I know. Yeah, that was that's what made the, the fight so good. Is that even though Wilder was struggling, could look like he could barely stand up at times. You knew 
If he can land that right punch, he could knock Fury out. No, well, dude, that's why for as long as he is a competitive boxer, those fights will always uh, make money and, and draw fans because it doesn't matter if someone is more technically sound than him. He could end the fight at any moment. There's, there's no chance. We would all watch the fourth fight if they had one. Yeah, I know I there probably it. won't be. But that would be huge box office. For sure. I mean, who wouldn't want to see Deontay Wilder fight again? And the same is true with Tyson Fury. I mean, I can't wait to see what Fury does next. Yeah. The only disappointing thing is that this guy, Anthony Joshua, can't get his shit together. Yeah. So there's never... I mean, that was the next big fight, and Joshua lost to this Ukrainian guy, and it's just like, well, that's kind I don't of... Think he wants anything, I don't think Anthony Joshua wants anything to do with Fury anyways. I wouldn't, I wouldn't blame him. I think uh, Tyson Fury would beat Anthony Joshua silly. Yeah. I, mean, I think you would knock him senseless. If you can get knocked out by Andy Ruiz, who's like a fat tub of lad, you're probably going to get knocked out by Tyson Fury. But that'll be interesting to see what he does next. It's nice to have regular boxing instead of Jake Paul against uh, oh God, right? somebody's, somebody's dad. To watch, yeah. to watch professional boxing as opposed to the equivalent of a backyard football game. Yeah. 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 Like, oh, this is what boxing is. Well, Jake Paul beat up poor Ben Askren, who looks like he just took his janitor's uniform off and went out there. Uh, all right, let's take a quick break, and then we'll dive into our three big questions. Thanks for listening to Save It for the Podcast. You can find us on both Instagram and Twitter at Save It for the Cast. That's Save It, the number four, the cast. Thanks for listening and back to your regularly scheduled programming. Welcome back to the show and our first segment of the afternoon. Uh, this week is uh, three big questions. We have a lot to get to. Thank God we were able to cover a bunch of stuff in the intro. Uh, the last time we checked in, we were talking about the Sox playoff chances as they tried, they fought tooth and nail for the last wild card spot. Since then, a lot has happened. Uh, we got, we had a playing game at home against the Yankees. We were able to send them home on an incredible win. And then we uh, also, we just eliminated the Tampa Bay Rays ahead to the ALCS. Are we, how are we feeling? Are we shocked? Do we think that the Red Sox... Red Sox are now playing the Astros in the ALCS. The NLCS is set. Braves versus Dodgers. Four teams left. What are the, realistically uh, you guys' expectations for the Sox to win this series and possibly the World Series? I'm definitely surprised. I mean, I think when we last did the podcast, it was after the worst series Sox bad yeah. in a long time. We had been at Fenway John to watch the Red Sox lose to the Yankees in devastating fashion. They proceeded to do the same thing the night after. And I was at that game. You were at that game. They it, lost, just, it, looked, it looked like a replay. It looked like, I thought like I was watching Sox in two live. Yeah. <laughs> so it was so deflating, and it was like, well, even if they get in, what can we realistically expect? But it's been a totally different team since then. I mean, they gutted out some wins against Washington. They were down to Washington, gutted out a win to get into the playoffs, drubbed the Yankees, and then win a great series after getting killed in Game 1 um, by the Rays. Winning the 13th inning, winning the bottom of the ninth. I've been really impressed. I, I was re- I've been really surprised because the same issues are still there. The bullpen's still horrible. Yeah, uh, We saw that rear its ugly head already. But... The hitting has been amazing. They've had timely hitting. They, they've they done really all you could ask for. I, what scares you, obviously, is this is a better team, maybe, pitching-wise. Like I thought the Rays were the best team, but we don't our, – even our starting pitching is a little shaky right now. Sale was a disaster. Erod was great in game two, terrible game one. So this uh, – I'm, I'm – cautiously optimistic about this series, but hey, if you can beat the Rays the way we did, we should be able to compete with the Astros. Right. I think I would be shocked if they won tonight, uh, game one, which is airing this uh, on a Friday, or recording on a Friday. I think that obviously it's going to come down to Uvalde, Sale, and Erod. Yeah. uh, And Pavetta in relief. This lineup of the Astros, and I've said this the whole time, is the scariest in the American League. Watching them play the White Sox, the White Sox were the worst team left, uh, but they dismantled a really good pitching uh, pitching staff there. They're just professionals, and there's not a lot of easy outs anywhere in that lineup, and that scares the crap out of me. And they have a chip on their shoulder. Sorry, John. Because the, the Rays will strike out. Mm. The Rays walk, strike out, but they hit a lot of home runs. I The Astros strike out the least in Major League Baseball. They do not strike out. Um, so you're going to have to pitch to them really carefully. So that's a that's a little scary. Um, but again, Tampa Bay, 
was the class of the American League East all season, and they looked really good against us throughout the regular season, but we, f- we found a way to do it against them. Uh, Chris Sale will tell us about the story tonight, probably. Mm-hmm. Lance McCullers missing for them. That's is huge. Huge, huge. Uh, He's their best pitcher, John? Easily, yeah. I would say so. He would have he started game one if it weren't for the way that the series lined up. Yeah, uh, for sure. But they have a lot of other guys in that rotation with good stuff. The guy that's thrown tonight, Valdez, uh, throws mostly breaking stuff. He is somebody that you're going to want to try to sit on like the curve or the sinker. Hope you can uh, stay away from ground balls, double plays, things like that. He got tattooed by the um, Red Sox, right? Uh, yeah, because that was game two. Yeah, he. That's the one. Yeah, they won. They like won, but yeah, he, they won, but I think he gave up a bunch of runs. Yeah, so maybe Sale, we can get to him. Or? Yeah, so we have we have. This is going to be interesting because we have Sale on the mound who hasn't been himself. Uh, Valdez is, has really good stuff, but was not himself. A couple of lefties going tonight. How many innings realistically are we asking for Sale? Five. I was saying three. Uh, that's how it looks, right? What is the bullpen game? I think it is. I think this is three innings from him. I think the max you ask him to do is three innings. I think I think if you push it beyond that, it, it's you're really being risky. Yeah. He's been really bad. He doesn't have it. Now they claim that Sale found it during his bullpen. Last time we last time we heard that was in two thousand eighteen with uh Price. David Price. Mm-hmm. He did have a great playoffs. Yeah. But so he may- found it, quote-unquote. I don't necessarily know what that means. I, I, I was reading something interesting today about how them, them choosing to start sale tonight says more about how they want to sort of leave themselves options with the bullpen so that if they have to, they can pull him early, put in Pavetta or somebody, and those guys can be ready again game three or four instead of using them game two, and then you might be waiting yeah. till five or six to use those guys. Because I guess you're, you're banking on Uvalde to get five or six game two? Yeah. yeah well, you're, and you're hoping you're hoping for the best with Sale, but you're you're kind of grinning and bearing it, hoping, like, you know, expecting the worst. Again, No Matt Bonds happen. on the roster. This They added Dawinson Hernandez and Sawamora to the ALCS. I was wondering where Sawamora was. Barnes and Austin Davis left off. Bye-bye. Yeah, I mean, Barnes obviously didn't play in the other one. I mean, I, Dawinson Hernandez is not good. Yeah. The last time we saw him. <laughs> that was the last time. Doyle and I were yeah, maybe getting pulverized. I'll, and I'll spearhead this. I wonder if Matt Barnes is the first player to ever make an all-star team and then not ma- and then left off the playoffs that same season. Well, I wonder if he's the first person to get a big extension and then turn into absolute F-minus player like two weeks later. Oh, man. <laughs> and, and, I mean, how much money did Matt Bonds get? That contract's not aging well, boys. <laughs> Jesus, it's, 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 it's aging about his bat. He's got a two-year extension in the middle of the season when everyone's like, wow, this guy, he can't be stopped. Do they need to give him that extension? Let's just hope when the World Series comes, we get that report saying he found it when he's in the bullpen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Getting uh, between eighteen and twenty six million if he hits all his escalators. I'm so. a little tired of hearing how great we are with our money when you read stuff like that. It's like, yeah. man, they didn't pay anybody this offseason. Here we are. It's like, well, they're paying some people, <laughs> and maybe they shouldn't be. Because can we put that money towards Kyle Schwarber in the offseason? Yeah, I know. Oh, 100%. Uh, if, we, if we can't sign Kyle Schwarber because we're paying Matt, Matt Barnes, our buddy, uh, who's our buddy that needs to live in Europe? <laughs> Kevin Drake's friend from Connecticut. $26 million. I'll be sick to my stomach. I'll puke up the, this iced coffee John so graciously got me. Well, it should be it should be an interesting series. Um, if nothing else, if you're a casual fan, you can tune in because these teams are scoring a hell of a whole lot of runs in the postseason. Tampa Bay, I'm sorry, Tampa Bay. Houston is averaging 7.8 a game, and Boston not far behind, 6.4. So expect some fireworks. Houston, home run friendly park. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully the Sox can just outslug these guys because uh, our our batters have, have shown up in the postseason so far, so that's our best bet. Seriously. Um, but looking forward to the game tonight, and we'll definitely have more on this next week. I, I'm so excited we get to keep talking about it. Where are we going? I think we're going to the game Tuesday night. Not bragging, just saying. When we broke for Pat's wedding, I was like, this might be the last Sox. You did say that. Uh, a lot, a lot of what we said about the Sox is not age well. I remember specifically... In an earlier episode, I mentioned how much Kike Hernandez stunk, and you guys all agree with me. Boy, were we... Yeah, he's been great. Playoff Kike. Playoff Kike. Oh, Mr. October, Kike Hernandez. That's still getting over his beloved Tampa Bay Rays losing to us. Yeah, I do feel bad for the Rays. They were the best team. I was just going to say, by the end of that, I, I think going into the series, I said, oh, this is a good overachieving team. You know, low salary, 
you can get behind these guys, young guys. By the end of the series, I said, fuck these cocky guys. <laughs> Eating popcorn in their, in their dugout. They, I can't stand when they get out of the get out of the dugout and they're doing the clapping when a guy hits a home run. I am so glad the Red Sox beat the Rays. So happy. Same. So uh, let's do it to the Astros. No, yeah. Well, if you, yeah, if you if you dislike the Rays, you're definitely gonna dislike the Astros. Yeah, you thought you hated the most unlikable franchise in the history yeah. of sports. We gotta we gotta go on to the We're getting next. hands, boys. They're giving me the hands, folks. <laughs> yeah, that means change the subject. Yeah, you know, it's it, trying to get a segue in here with you sometimes is like. Fucking brutal. Shouldn't have caffeinated me, man. <laughs> Walking through quicksand. Uh, question two, turning to the Pats. Pats got a another win. They got two wins to the two and three on the season. They got a one out against the uh, hapless Texans. What are we? How, how are we feeling checking in after five games? Or what, what's the ceiling for the 2021 New England Patriots? They're, you want me to start? Pat? You can. You can. They're yeah. going about. I guess what we all kind of expected. Maybe not as good. I was happy to see them win. I thought, I thought it was a good win against a team that's not very good. I wish we were playing another cupcake this week, but I think that uh, I think it's poor time because I think the Cowboys might be one of the top five teams in the uh, NFL. So I don't feel great. I don't. I don't like our. I, I think. So is it going? This is what you expected. <laughs> I thought we were going to be about around five hundred. I wasn't hoping. You but I, I, I thought we were, I thought we were going to be at best three and two. We stink right now. I'd like, say, I'm, I'd I'm say, hoping we, we, we get better, but I, this is worse than I expected. Midway through, the, midway through the Texans game, when we were still losing, I said, this this team stinks. I said yeah, that a couple times. Right. Like, well, I was like, this team stinks. I was not expecting that. <laughs> yeah, I, I was not expecting to be... This is... Maybe, maybe we just were too much of homers, and we expected this to of be a pretty we were. good season. Um, I like to think I was fairly like cautious about them, but I did expect the Patriots to play a bit better than this. We don't look... Particularly good. Their defense stinks. The Patriots' defense, I was not expecting them to stick. As we, bad as I mean, game. I felt okay about the Buccaneers' game. You know, they played them fairly tough. Didn't embarrass I, I thought the pouring rain gave us a huge help because the Bucks are just much better at throwing the ball than they are running it, and they had a hard time completing some open stuff. Brady that was had big. A tough time. Yeah, yeah, Brady had a tough go of it. Maybe the emotions got to him a bit, but that was somewhat optimistic. But the Saints' game and this Texans' game put together, yeah, we beat the Texans. Texans are terrible. Horrible. They're and, awful. And when we got posterized by the Saints, who, by the way, are not very good either. Yeah. The Saints have not done anything to blow you away. No. Um, so I'm a bit concerned because, look, the Cowboys, as you said, Mark, are a pretty damn good team. Zeke Elliott is going to run all over the Patriots. You have no quality wins if you're the Patriots. Yeah, you haven't been able to get This is just a massive stretch of the Patriots. They go Cowboys, Jets, Chargers, Panthers, Browns, Falcons. That's six games. They I hear two wins amongst those. They, they desperately need to go three and three or four and two if they want to try and make the playoffs. This is not going to happen. I mean, you got to hope you can. I mean, look, you, the Jets should be an automatic win. You got to beat the Falcons. Your hope is you can beat the Panthers and either the Browns or the Chargers or the Cowboys. Get one of those. Those are all good teams. They are. I don't think the Panthers are good. I, I'm I think not, they're better than the Patriots. I would probably agree, but they're not a great team. You probably have the book on Donald. You play him twice you played a year Donald for... a lot. You've had a, a lot of success against him. He's looked a lot more like Sam Donald lately. The ceiling for this Patriots team, I mean, best case scenario, if you look at it, rose colored glasses and try to find some wins, is probably 10 and 7. Maybe get the second wild card spot? Yeah, it the first or second wild card spot because. You like to think they beat the Jets twice, beat the Dolphins the next time. You know, you beat the you beat no the Falcons. Chance, not, no chance of beating the Bills. They but. get the Jaguars. They get the Colts. Like that, those are wins. You know, so all of a sudden you get one, two, three, four, five. I don't know. Another yeah, you get another seven wins out of there somehow. That that's probably best case scenario. Worst case is they are the team that they look like against the Saints and they go five and twelve. Mm. You know, because you could easily see a scenario where they lose to the Cowboys. Damien Harris, real quick, Damien Harris stinks. Uh, he's not good, no. He's the most overrated player. F- um, fumbling at the one-yard line, I think that's him in a nutshell, right? You just make, can't make these kind of mistakes, you know? that, that That's that's the issue. Um, Was that not the most... I mean, just a caveat real quick. I know mistakes happen in football. No one plays a flawless game. But the drop by Myers, who has hands like feet. I like Myers. He's not the problem. He's one of our bright spots. Not a sure-handed catcher. He had that one wide open uh, drop, and then Damian Harris fumbling at the one yard line. My God, come on! Yeah, I mean that's those are things that are going to sink you, and that's what has happened to us this year. Luckily, Houston sucks, so we won the game anyway. Right. Looking forward, so how many how many wins can you guarantee if you look at the schedule, Pat? Six. 
overall? I, I, no, I could guarantee the wins that I could guarantee. If I look at the schedule, I could guarantee four wins. I'd say they can beat the Jets. They'll beat um, the Dolphins. They'll beat the Falcons. They'll beat the Colts, and they'll beat the Jags. You know, they'll beat the Dolphins. Maybe we just lost. We lost to the Dolphins though, so I'm not guaranteeing a win over the Dolphins. Those are the four wins. I'd say I'd feel like. I'd give the Pats 65 to 70% chance of winning. Well, I'm sorry. I should have rephrased. We already have the two wins. So yeah. So that, that would leave us with six. That That's where I feel like they could they should win those four games. Then you look at the Dolphins, Chargers, Panthers. At, well, Dolphins and Panthers would be the next two that i put in the maybe category. I'd say those are Pats have a better than 50-50 chance of winning those games. Dolphins, Panthers, and then maybe uh, depending on how we're, we're looking after that, you could say... Uh, the, the Titans possibly. I know you don't. I like the Titans. I'm yeah. a little heavier on the Titans than you, but you could see us beating the Titans. Yep, you could see us beating the Titans or the Browns. I mean, that's those are not out of the realm of possibility. The, the, those are not games that the the Chargers, the Browns, the Titans. They're not insurmountable teams that nobody can beat. Yeah, the Bills doesn't seem possible for us to beat them. Cowboys will be very difficult. I'm more concerned with the fact that our defense has played so poorly. I think our offense will steadily become a little bit better than it's been. It's still yeah. very subpar. But our defense just cannot get off the field in third down. If you can't get Davis Mills off the field, you are in some real trouble. Am I right? I mean, how are they going to go get, to town? Oh, Dex Parker. I mean, granted, the Texans went, which was good on them. They they went for it three times on fourth down yep. in the first first half, and they were three for three. Get off the field. Well, These are all, this is a veteran-laden defense. The inability to, to get off the field in third down has been something that's plagued the Patriots for a while, but this was this season has been a disaster. I mean, they had the late drive the Saints put together to get the touchdown to put the game out of reach. They converted multiple third downs on that. Yeah. Patriots couldn't get off the field. Their one-possession game, same is true of the Dolphins. They ran the game out on us at the end there, too. Um, Buccaneers get first downs to wrap the you know to, to get their last drive there when they scored and before we had the missed field goal. It's like yeah. we just can't. Get off the field, and it's a multitude of things. It's we're we're bad against the run in short yardage, mm-hmm. and we the trade of Stephon Gilmore has left us with a pretty thin cornerback uh, group, and the guys that we have have not played up to the level they had before. J.C. Jackson looks terrible. Joe mm-hmm. Juan Williams when he's in, he stinks. Terrible. Jalen Mills has been hurt. And he's not great when he plays. <laughs> so, McCourty's never been a very good cover guy. I think that's why they made him a safety. Yeah. So I don't want to beat this to death, but um, yeah, there's some worrisome bits for the Patriots. The positives yeah. being, as you said, Mark, maybe the offense gets better as Mac gets more and comfortable. I, I mean, at what point do we start making, uh, you know, moral victories? You know. Well, philosophically, just to talk about the defense, the bend don't break defense only works when you can score touchdowns on the other end. But when you're not applying any pressure on offense and you're kicking field goals instead of scoring touchdowns, and your defense is playing bend don't break you end up getting torched like the Patriots have. Because then the other team is totally comfortable with the lead, slowly and steadily marching down the field. So if you can't fucking score, then you're shit out of luck with that bend-don't-break stuff that worked with us forever because we were scoring 28 points a game anyways. No, that's a great point. It's like that sort of defense. Um, the Chiefs have the issue, right, where yeah. like, they think, like, oh, we'll just score 35, and then our defense can capitalize on mistakes. But if you make the mistakes first yourself, right, <laughs> the other team's winning, and that doesn't work. You right. know what I mean? And it's like we don't have the same offense we did, so we can't keep up with the points. So it's like, oh, they only they had the ball for 10 minutes, so they got a field goal. It's like it's really hard for us to get a field goal. Right. We're, We're, over here. We're yeah, not going to get any field goals. <laughs> wow. Well, uh, all right. So we got, uh, and we got Dallas this weekend. That should be uh, an entertaining game, hopefully. Hopefully we can keep up with them. Yep. Um, Want to look at the question three here. Take a uh, look from 10,000 feet at the rest of the league. See who are the contenders right now through five weeks and who are the pretenders. Wh- who do you guys uh, really like and who do you guys think are duds? Um, do you want me to go through some teams here and you, we can just uh, rattle them off? You guys can each give us contender or pretender. Yeah, just leave it at that. Works for me. All right, so we'll start. Uh, Bills four and one. Pretender. Oh, she's forgive me. Contender. Sorry. Contender. Yeah, they maybe the best team. Yeah, they're, they're the legit. best team right now in the AFC, maybe. Yeah, contender for sure. Ravens four and one. Contender. Yeah, I think the Ravens are pretty good. Though I will say this about the Ravens, and I don't want to take too long on every team. No, go for it. Yeah. Um, 
the winds have maybe masked some mistakes in that, like, they gutted out a last-second 60-plus-yard field goal to beat the Lions. They needed a miraculous Lamar turnaround to beat the Colts. Yeah. So there's some underlying flaws, but I do think, in the end, they are so good at certain things that they make some really good And at the end of the day, Lamar Jackson has an 80% win um, He always wins in the regular season. Goes yeah. a long way. So please keep going. Sorry, John. Browns, 3-2. and two. Pretender. I'm going to say Pretender as well because I don't trust Baker Mayfield. Chiefs, 2-3. and three. I'll um, say Contender. But I do think they're not nearly as good as I thought they were going to be. I will say Contender as well, but, I, but I'd agree. I mean, Mark and I just agree on all these, but I'd agree that this has been a... I thought, like, oh, they'll turn it around here, and it's been... Their defense is, like, historically bad, so that's not a good situation. Yeah, they look... They, they need to figure something out big time on defense. Uh, we got the Titans 3-2. and two. I'll say Pretender, just, about, just based off how bad they were when we saw them live. I mean, I, yeah, I hate that Mark and I keep agreeing, but I agree, Pretender. I think they're not any good. They will win that division. They will win the division because it's the worst division in football. I will say I was right about that. I said there may not be six wins amongst those other teams. Yeah, I, I do think I do think if they get to the playoffs, no team's gonna want to face them just solely based off Derrick Henry if he's healthy. The the, the wide receiver situation has been bad for them. I thought Julio Jones would come in there and really make an impact. He's been hurt and bad when he played, and Anthony Brown or AJ Brown, excuse me, has been terrible. Yeah, yeah. do you think it's Tannehill? I don't know. I honestly I don't. The line they looked like shit. The old line looked awful when we saw him. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I think that offense is too simple. Maybe people have figured it out. Yeah. Um, Chargers, 4-1. And, and then we'll do the NFC. Contender. Contender. Maybe the best team in the AFC right now. What's his face? I would rather, I would take Herbert over Mahomes. If you gave me five years. <laughs> if you said, no, as in... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You like, go yeah, forward, you say? Yeah, in five years. I wouldn't do that, but I would put him as, may, as maybe number two in the NFL. As him and Josh Allen are probably neck and neck for who's you go Mahomes one, you know, Josh long Allen term. Two B, two A. I would put Herbert ahead of Allen. Right, I, so you go. You go I Mahomes, go Mahomes, Herbert. If we're talking Allen. young quarterbacks, like moving forward, right? Interesting. And Herbert would be number two for me. I would have to go. I would put Allen slightly ahead of Herbert still. Hmm. Um, and then I have some NFC teams. Yeah, please. Cowboys four and one coming in. Contender, into definitely contender. Yeah, I think Dak Prescott's. Very good. He's been playing great ball. Zeke's been playing out of his mind. They have great receivers. Their defense makes some plays. They're a I, good squad. I will just say pretender because I don't think Mike McCarthy can win in the playoffs. Yeah. So playoffs. I, th- I think they'll win that division comfortably, and I think Dak is really good. But I think Mike McCarthy's teams have a ceiling on them. I know he did win the Super Bowl once, but he he just is a really bad coach to me, like really bad. I think he makes the wrong decision all the time. But how bad is that division, too? Well, the division's horrible. The win division, no problem. They're going to be in the playoffs. But we're talking actually win the Super Bowl. Yeah. I think it's hard with Mike McCarthy as coach. He's the worst coach of the teams that are at the top to me by like a good margin. Yeah, that's probably true now that I look at it. Although I don't think of much of uh, what's-his-face in, in Buffalo. McDermott. I don't like him very much, but mm-hmm. that's a different story. Packers 4-1. A lot, of, a lot of teams with good records in sort of sketchy divisions. Yep. Packers contender for sure just because they have Aaron Rodgers playing in Lambeau. Devontae Adams, probably the best receiver in football. Packers, um, I'll say contender, but just barely. I have a hard time seeing them. I don't know. I feel like they are very much a one-and-done playoff team these days too. There's something not right with the team. I don't know what it is, but like, they obviously got thrashed by the Saints to start the season. Then they lucked out to beat the um, yeah. Bengals this weekend with, like, missed kicks all over the place on both sides. But I thought they probably should have lost I also, game. if I'm a Packers fan, I hate the narrative where they're just openly talking about where Aaron Rodgers might go next. Like, yeah, even I mean, Rodgers said, well, I, would never, I wouldn't go to Chicago. It's like, okay, great, but you would definitely go somewhere. Yeah. So great as kudos, as in you'd stay loyal to not playing against your your Packers, playing with a rival. But I don't like that. If I was a Packers fan, I don't like him discussing yeah. where he might be next year. Um, the Bucks are on here. I assume you guys are both going contender. Yeah. Yeah. They look, so they look so good, man. Uh, Cardinals five and one. Contender. 
totally based off of what they looked like week one when I saw them live. And I think Kyler Murray is awesome. DeAndre Hopkins is awesome. They, when Chandler Jones comes back from the Rona, he's a great uh, pass rusher. And, of course, pass guy, J.J. Watt's still doing his thing. Yeah, I think the Cardinals Buda are Baker's contender, too. money on the uh, as a defensive back. Okay, so uh, now I'm going to go through the rest of the NFC West just because Rams 4-1. Yeah, they're a contender. I'll say sure. contender. Matt Stafford looks really good. Explosive offense. Seattle. Nope. Pretender, uh, yep. They're... Yeah. San Francisco? Pretender. They're, yeah, they're done. Okay. Uh, Panthers, 3-2. and two. Terrible. Pretender. I'll say Pretender just because I guess Donald's been regressing. And, and, McCa- and McCaffrey can't stay on the field. Yeah, here's a bold prediction. The Panthers will not will finish barely above 500, if at all. Hmm. They, they're not... They're not. Sam Donald stinks, you think? I think that the Panthers beat a couple of bad teams, and it gave people the idea that maybe they were good. And I don't think that's the case. You beat the Jets and the Texans and the Saints. I don't know. That doesn't really jump off the page to me. It's a lot like our wins. Yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> it's just they happen to have one more. pretenders for sure. Yeah. <laughs> that's all I had. I just I had circled a few of those. I that was to good. Go. That was fun. Does anybody have anything else that surprised them or they want to touch on before we hit the break? Um, for the for the football stuff? Yeah, let me ask you guys one thing. Who, if you If I had to ask you right now... Who are the top MVP candidates? Like, who would you say is the top five? Top five MVP? Yeah. Should we name five guys we think are MVP? Well, yeah. Okay, so name five guys? Yeah. I mean, Uh, maybe that's too much for you. I don't know. (laughs) Is that too much for you? We do a joint thing. Tom Brady, for one. I think he's been awesome. Uh, You have to to put Lamar Jackson back in the conversation. Yep. Um... Were you going to go again, or do you want me to keep going? Uh, you go, Josh Allen's been really good, coming on strong. Zeke's been playing well. Zeke? No way. Or Dak, forgive me. Dak. Dak, okay. forgive me. Are we going to name quarterbacks? I mean, they, they are, they are, the top five are all quarterbacks. Right. Okay. Kyler Murray. Kyler yep. Murray's a good one, yeah. I know Stafford's getting some consideration. Right now, the top five are Allen, then Murray, then Brady, then Dak, and then Herbert. Herbert. Herbert, yeah. Followed Herbert. by Aaron Rodgers, Stafford, Lamar Jackson, Mahomes all the way down to plus 1,600, who was the favorite for a while. Mahomes. Yeah. Yeah. Going into the season. Probably. That sounds about right to me. I mean, the thing yeah. is, Brady won't win it, but he probably is doing the best right now. He's the number one ranked like pro football player. Yeah, he, he's got the best numbers there. He's he has, he has, he he has, he has a bunch of touchdowns, barely any picks. Murray's team is obviously off to the 5-0 and start, but his numbers just aren't quite as good as the other guys. He's got some running yards, but he doesn't have as many touchdown passes as. Tampa Bay has so much talent around around them. They do. Herbert's a sneaky guy, though. I mean, if they win the AFC West, the Chargers go, you know, 13-4 and four and win the AFC West. He'll have he'll be in the running there. Yeah, I mean, if they if they beat the if they beat the Chiefs twice and yeah. win the a- a- AFC West, that'll be a real statement because that's essentially you're just uh, you're supplanting the prohibitive favorite. For exactly, the- you beat him twice. You're shining those moments. Herbert will get a nice boost there, but maybe Josh Allen is the rightful favorite in that. If they finish with the best record in the AFC, people love the Bills story. Blah blah blah. They're blowing people out. Yeah, here's one last stat before we go. That this was literally my jaw hit the floor. It's week six of the NFL season. We're heading into that, obviously. You're not going to believe this. The Jaguars, of all the weird stats, they have not made a single field goal the entire year yet. Oh, my God. Marcus probably been starting that kicker. (laughs) They're the first team in the Super Bowl era to not make a single field goal in the first five games of the season. The only team in NFL history in the Super Bowl. Do they have a kicker? They're 0 for 5 on field goals this year. Jesus. They haven't made one. How is that possible? Only team in fucking in the Super Bowl who's era. Their, who's it might be more remarkable if they've only attempted five. It is pretty shocking to only try five. Oh. We had how many did we have last week as the as the Patriots? We only kicked field goals. Yeah. 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 In the last two weeks, we've kicked like eight field goals. It feels like, but yeah, they haven't made a single field goal, which to me is like, if Nick Falk's season ended today, he might end up with more field goals made than the entire Jaguars. Yeah, their kicker's Josh Lambeau, and I, I mean. He's not bad, is he? Well, apparently he is. He's up to five. I don't know how far these kicks are from, but... <laughs> yeah, I mean, they might be they might be from, like, the logo. They're, yeah, the no one's not exactly marching up. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Urban Meyer's not exactly coaching it up so well. Yeah, okay, yeah. He, he was also... He has such a big... I forgot all about 
Urban Meyer easily could have been the loser of the week. Well, he's, he's, he's a God-fearing Christian caught at a bar after this team got smoked philandering with some young woman at the bar. Hey, everybody, everybody uh, decompresses in different ways. <laughs> to, to me, the fact that they didn't fire Urban Meyer after that is one of the stupidest things. Apparently, he had to be he, His team thinks he's an absolute... If they didn't think so before, they do now. They think he's a complete joke. Every, you know what's funny is I have to say, because every week on here I was pumping up the uh, Joe Judge first coach fired. What a race to the finish it ended up being between Urban Meyer... And John and Gruden. Gruden. And the kneecap thief who bawled his eyes out after his team was 0-5, crying because his team worked so hard. These guys get paid millions of dollars, all right? You shouldn't be shedding tears because this team couldn't get it fucking done. I, I highly recommend, even if people... If you, if Dan you don't Campbell, like, I'm talking about. Sorry. If you don't like sports betting, just throw a couple dollars into the first coach fired NFL pool every every uh, year because you end up watching these guys and it's like, oh, my guy's doing pretty good. And then you see some of these post-game presses. It's like, God, is he crying? Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Dude, literally, right? Imagine if you, yeah, you get Joe Judge and then like everyone else has got the kneecap thief, Dan Campbell. Yeah. Like, oh, Dan Campbell, he's doing okay. And then the and Urban Meyer stuff comes out and then it's like, you're on ESPN the next day. You're like, is he fucking crying right now, <laughs> Dan Campbell? Can you imagine being a player on the Jaguars? Can you imagine being a fan of the Lions? Hold on. I, I'm just thinking, Sorry. you're a player on the Jaguars. You haven't won a game since week one of last year. You get a mud hole stomped in you in Ohio. <laughs> you got to toddle onto the plane to fly home. And you're like, fuck, man. We can't get it right. Urban's not on the plane. He's at his fucking own bar having a fucking couple of drinks, getting a lap dance from some co-ed. It's like, she how was, could you... She was a good 20 years younger than him. How, was, how could you possibly have any respect for him? I will give him... Has anyone seen the coach? Yeah. yeah, like, oh man, like you're sitting in the back with your position guys being like, fuck, I, I don't know, like I thought we had a good game plan coming in, like, you know, this and that, and it's like, oh, the coach isn't here. He's Dude. getting fucking shit house. Belichick, if his team got smoked like Urban Meyer, he'd be in the back of the bus... <laughs> With a freaking headlamp on, yes, going over how fucking we can turn the ship around. Dude, you don't get a kind of leeway even if you're a good coach. If you're Urban Meyer, who has no track record in the NFL, to skip the flight home, and then you come up with this lame-ass excuse, a few people wanted me to dance. It's like, what are you talking about? If, no, I, use, if I use that excuse and people believe that I could get out of everything. Yeah, people just wanted to see me dance. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man, I wish, and what, what a week to have off. We, we have so many pathetic losers to talk about. Um, I think we should probably wrap it up, though. Yeah. Uh, we'll be back after this with this week's toss-up segment. Thanks for listening to the podcast, everyone. If you have any thoughts, questions, or concerns, send them to us on Gmail at saveitforthepodcast365 at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Time for toss-up. In our last episode, since we've taken a little break, we did the best wedding movie of all time. Um, Covered a lot of different movies. Hell of a wedding, by the way, Patrick. Thank you. The wedding was amazing. Loved every second of it. Yeah, yeah. We got to do, Amy and I got to celebrate our wedding, which was great. Um, Thank you to everybody who came and, and participated, including you guys. It was a lot of fun. But thankfully, not like a lot of the wedding movies we discussed, um, because those I feel like had a lot of calamities. This week, uh, something a lot different. We are looking for the best sidekick of all time, the greatest sidekick, whether movie, TV, book. Um, you know, the sidekick. I guess there's a little ambiguity, but mainly it's the you know the the. Side characters that help the main character get there. As in, I am the star of the show. Mark and John are my sidekicks. They help me reach where I'm trying to go. Um, but it is my journey. We'll have to edit that out. <laughs> uh, who wants to start us off? Because there were a lot of good ones. I looked at a, I, I, I had a bunch. I had, I had a ton, too, that yeah. I ran through. Because it's like, what was hard about it is you're trying to decide, are you looking for like the guy who cracks the jokes and is like the comic relief, or like the actual guy who really you makes want, the... I think- a little Good bit point, of both. I think you. I think that's the, the the criteria is to find a little bit of everything, right? Yeah. So who'd you have, Mark? Comic relief, um, but also gutsy and willing to stick it out. So I actually, I will admit this. I actually outsourced because I could, I came up with a couple on my own, but I was frustrated because I said to my, I said there's so many sidekicks I'm just not thinking of. So I reached out to my brother, friend of the cast, gave me a uh, gave me a handful of really good ones. I'm going to go reluctantly with Garth 
from Wayne's World. Ah, Garth. Garth, who definitely comic relief, very selfless, and at the end of the day, he helps accomplish um, Wayne's goal of throwing a big concert, both in Wayne's World 1 and then Wayne's World 2 as well. Garth, great sidekick, knows to knows his role, um, and is just a good compliment to Wayne. Alright, alright. I'll take that. Yeah. I'm actually not the biggest Wayne's World fan, I'll confess that to you guys. I, I don't dislike the movie. I can't, I mean, I think I've probably seen it once. I gotta be honest with you. It's not part of the canon for me of, like, gotta see it, you know? I don't know. Maybe not the best movie, but I think in terms of sidekicks, he was a good one. He's a good, he's a good sidekick. Um, alright, who'd you have? Mine is uh, sort of a conceptual one, so you're gonna have to bear with it. Okay, that sounds confusing. Yeah, okay, here we go. Well, I just, I feel like if I'm not very black and white with you guys, you tell me that this is a unacceptable, these are unacceptable answers. I went with Joe Pesci to Robert De Niro across the spectrum of their real lives and film lives. You can take him in Goodfellas, Casino, Raging Bull. He is the perfect complementary to Robert De Niro in any fictional setting. I like it. We had a very wide criteria. Yeah. It was we could do movie, film, anything. Movie, film, yep. TV. No, I Why not real life? But they're sort of like the same, it's the same character, so I had a hard time sort of figuring out if I wanted to say the Goodfellas uh, relationship, mm. the casino relationship. They just sort of, uh, if you, but if you're lining those two actors up to essentially play character falls of each other, you've got a winning combination. Pesci always comes through for De Niro with a bit of uh, levity, um, some brutality, and uh, he's the perfect guy to finish. Like you know, he makes every scene that De Niro's in. So I would say that those are that's my that's my number one sidekick. Okay, I like that. I mean, I, it's a, it was a, it wasn't outside the box choice, but I think it was a good one because they they really do complement each other well. I'll take it. He's yeah, for well, decades. Yeah, Pesci is just like a very good underling for Robert De Niro. I mean, yeah, so, yeah, you know, just like a very very good fit as like his little the little guy who's sort of in the vicinity but not like the star. They're always best buds, you yep. know. Mine was very straightforward. Um, Dr. John Watson. Oh, wow. Across the spectrum of, of TV, movies, books, plays. Um, good one. Watson has been done differently by a variety of different people, whether you're talking um, in the Sherlock TV show from BBC, whether the Robert Downey Jr. movies, whether you're just the books themselves uh, in a variety of different mediums across things. But he always fills a great role next to Sherlock. Sherlock's brilliance needs to be reflected back to him in a way that is more human. And Watson does that across, you know, everything. Like, I think he fits this role of sidekick so perfectly. He has his own set of skills where, you know, he's this army doctor. Um, he can, some, and some he's a good fighter, some he's not. But he always has a little bit of something to him that really complements what Sherlock brings. And it also... Like, he almost serves as a stand-in for the reader. You yeah. know, like, you're along for the ride of, like, trying to figure out this mystery where most people would not be able to get it. And Watson is that, you are that sort of person. Yeah. You know what I mean? You sort of, re you reflect into Watson of, like, nobody could read, Sherlock, Sherlock Holmes, one of the greatest, um, you know, series of novels and, and stories ever, doesn't work without Watson. If it's just his brilliance and then it's, like, at the end, he's like, well, here's how I did it without... Watson's, you know, curiousness and the way he fills this, like, sort of secondary role really adds a lot to those um, movies or books or TV, whatever it is. I think that that's my, my biggest beef with Watson is he's too much of a plot device because he's just sort of like, you need someone to explain the, what is happening mm. to the reader or the, or the audience. Um, like, I think that that, and it's like a whole genre of sidekick is now mm. the Watson. Of like the, what do you, geez, what are we, it's Robin is now, like in the comics, Robin only exists so that Batman can tell him what they have to do. Yeah, he is. What are we going to do next, Batman, you know? So, what's your favorite iteration of Watson? My favorite iteration of him is probably, um, oh, what's the guy's name? From which... Uh, From the Sherlock TV show with uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. I always uh, forget this Martin, guy's... Martin something. Yeah. Um, uh, Martin Freeman is his name. Yeah, he's... he's he, I was going to say, I think he's my favorite too. He, he plays it very Better well. Better than Jude Law? Well, I was going to say, Jude Law plays it very well, but it's a very different type of Watson. Jude Law's Watson is more of like a take charge type Watson. 
<laughs> which is is a little different than you see him in in a lot of other formats. Yeah. Like his Watson is very um, like pull out his gun and like do a lot of different stuff. Whereas Martin Freeman's is more in the traditional sense of Watson, but definitely a bit more like a smarter guy who's not always fooled by things. Because I think Watson's original like orientation maybe he's a little dopier in the beginning novels if you read like. The, the, the way it goes, but he gets better as it goes on. But I think Martin Freeman plays it very, very well. Can I rattle off a couple of honorable mentions? Well, let uh, me tell you the worst Watson of all time in that horrible... Oh, John C. Riley. John C. Riley. I thought you were going to say he was your favorite. No, John C. Riley. These are for my brother honorable mentions, which, honestly, Donkey from Shrek was a really good one. Donkey is a good one. Harry Dunn from Dumb and Dumber with uh, Harry Dunn to Lloyd Christmas. Uh, Garth is what I went with. Al Borland from Home Improvement, a good one. Uh, how about uh, uh, Pinky from Pinky and the Brain? Horrible sidekick. Yeah, yeah well, he, I didn't go with that one. And then, um, real quick, Mr. Miyagi, is he a sidekick or a mentor? I mean, I know he's a mentor. Mentor, mentor. yeah. Not a centaur, a mentor. <laughs> mentor slash sensei. Bow to your sensei. I don't know if you've seen the movies. He is not a centaur. Yes. Um, <laughs> what was your, do you guys have any good honorable mentions? I, I had a couple. I mean, who... What's his name? Sam from Lord of the Rings. Is oh, a great good one. Sidekick. Good one. I knew I said there was so many I just couldn't think of. Uh, Rick from Rick and Morty. Oh, Morty. Morty, excuse me. Morty. Not um, Morty is a great sidekick. He was on. He was my. He was on my list. I he, love. He, I love Morty. He plays a very good role. As you know, the the. He's he's, he's similar a Watson. to Watson. He yeah. is a Watson, really. You know, he's a bit more of a putz than Watson is, but he is a is a Watson. Um, one that we didn't mention that uh, needs needs mentioning is Goose from Top Gun. Oh yeah, great one, Goose. Great call. I'm not the biggest Top Gun fan. My brother-in-law Dan, nobody loves it more than him. So if he's listening to this, he'll probably be screaming that that was not the answer. But that is a good one. Goose is great because it's sort of a real life. Uh, like he's the be- Like he's literally a wingman, but he's like the world's best wingman in the movie. Great guy to go get drinks with, Goose. <laughs> he is a good one. Good call. Um, let us know what other ones you missed, because there's a lot of good ones, particularly in, like, cartoons and comic books. There's a yeah. ton of, like, really good, like, secondary guys. Because, like, Robin is a good um, sidekick, but he's, I don't know, I, I just didn't end up using him, because I guess maybe there's not a lot of them in movies these days. Um, all right, let's take a quick break. We'll be back with the last segment of the day. Thank you for listening to Stay for the Podcast. If you have any suggestions for a toss-up or a loser of the week, feel free to reach us on Instagram or Twitter at SaveItForTheCast. Uh, again, save it, the number four, the cast. Welcome back, everybody. It's time for the last segment of the day, Loser of the Week. Uh, we've had a couple of weeks to come up with these, which means we are not short on losers, Um who wants to start us off? Who's got somebody they want to go with? I, I'm happy to start this week because uh, mine is is trending towards uh, over a week and a half old at this point. But I wrote it down because it was too good to miss. My loser for this week's episode is Behan Mutlu. Oh, son of a bitch. That was my loser of the week as well. Literally. Go ahead, John. You said it better than I would anyways. That is my fucking loser of the week. All right. Well, you'll have to scramble. Maybe you should text your brother and see if he has any better ideas. <laughs> oh, fuck you. <laughs> what, who is this? All right. Bayan Mutlu is, Unbelievable. A, is a 51-year-old man from Turkey. Uh, we've all been in a ser- scenario like this. Bayan uh, had a long week at work. He decided to go out drinking with one of his buddies and uh, never returned home. So he, got, he went out, got bombed, didn't come home. His wife panicked. Called the authorities, said, my husband is missing. He went out with a friend. I can't find him. She apparently contacted the friend. Said, yeah, like, we were drinking. He walked away. He wanted away from me while we were out. So I don't know where he's at. Behan uh, came to in the forest in a house that he had fallen asleep in to discover a search party had formed and was searching for somebody. He joined the search party, not realizing it was for himself, Oh, my God. And searched for quite some time with the authorities until he eventually said, Hey, by the way, who are we looking for? And the gentleman that he was with said, uh, A man named Behan Mutlow. And he said, I'm Behan Mutlow. And they didn't believe him. 
Oh my god. He says, and I quote, I broke out into a cold sweat when I heard that they were looking for Behan Mutlil. Because <laughs> I'm him. Oh, I tried god. to tell them, but they didn't believe me. I continued to search for another half hour before I finally got someone's attention oh my. to stop the search. Oh my god, man. That is really funny. Uh, just to add to it, so apparently, John, this isn't the first time a missing person joined their own rescue mission. In 2012, an Asian tourist who went missing in Iceland was also found in her own search party after she reportedly failed to recognize her own description. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. I saw it so, John, it's so funny because... The reason why it was my loser of the week is I saw the story and I immediately thought of you two guys. I said, this is right down their alley for <laughs> oh, yeah. a loser of the week that they would pick. So how, how funny is this? So he's like, he comes to and he sees the surfers like, oh man, I should help out. No no inclination to go home or anything to his wife. Seriously, what is he thinking? And they didn't see- fucking believe him. So the only reason they stopped the search is because he says that they didn't believe me. The truth finally came out when my buddy Masoot spotted me and said, this is him. Oh my God. <laughs> but he's like, I'm the guy. I can, I, the scary thing is, it's not totally out of the realm of possibility that it would happen to someone that we know. Oh, that could happen to me easily. Oh, 100%. I mean, I if I woke up in a, like, uh, well, I don't know why he was at a house in the woods. I don't know what's going on there, if he owns it or what. But if I woke up after a drunken night and I was like, fuck, I didn't go home, I would not jump into a search spot and start looking for somebody else. I'd be like, I got bigger issues here. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta get home. You must be looking for another. Oh, looking for me. Yeah. <laughs> you must be. Like, you must be looking for another bayham. Yeah. I gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> like, I got a buggy. Like, wouldn't... I guess you're still shaking off the cobwebs from the night before, but like, huh, they're searching for a missing guy in the same area I went missing. I did not make it home. What a selfless oh, act on... Me. What a selfless act on Mulu's part, if you really think about it. This guy probably is nursing a mean hangover. Yeah. He puts all that aside to help search for someone he doesn't even know about. Some perfect stranger. <laughs> Like, this guy should be commended. Open the search party has water. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah, somebody's like, yeah, I'm dying over here. Continental breakfast or anything? Oh, I my blacked God. out last night. <laughs> really BO'd. Yeah. Really time went on. My wife's going to kill me. Anyway, yeah. so what are we looking for? I'm going back to this abandoned house in the woods. <laughs> so that's mine. I'm yeah. sorry, Mark. I didn't mean to steal your No, time. no, I appreciate it because you, you explained it better than I would have. It was such a great story that perfect loser of the week. I'm glad you took it. Uh, I'll go. So, again, since we've had a big. Uh, gap in podcasts. Uh, mine is from Milwaukee's Milwaukee Brewers pitcher Devin Williams, who, of course, the Brewers are already out of it, but he missed the playoffs after having a few drinks celebrating their big victory to get into the playoffs. Broke his hand out for the playoffs. Maybe you could have helped him in that series against the Braves. <laughs> who knows? That's a classic loser of the week, boys. Yeah, it is. It's just like something. Just such a, like a guy move to do something dumb like that, like fall on your hand or punch a wall. Like, Can you try imagine do... you're the coach or teammate, you 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 banking on Devin Williams, like maybe he'll come in like bit of relief, maybe spot start. We're gonna need him. Guy freaking shattered his hand celebrating going to the playoffs, out for the playoffs. Man, that is a classic loser of the week. Big time. Big Almost time. as bad as JD Drew walking out to right field, tripping over second base, spraining his ankle. JD Martinez. Martinez. JD Martinez missing the one game playoff against the Yankees. Thank God he's redeemed himself since then. Okay. Pat, what do you got? Mine is very easy. As everyone knows, I just got married. Loser of the week is Men's Warehouse. Dealing with those guys was beyond an F minus. They gave about, I had, what was it, John? Seven groomsmen? Eight? Something like that. Or that, that was many it, people. Was it nine people, including you? Yeah, I so think. eight, eight groomsmen? Um, they must have given just about every person who got something the wrong thing. Oh, I yeah. got my suit from another place because I was wearing a specific thing, who's not great either. We'll talk about that another time. Men's Warehouse, though, absolute F-, minus, impossible to deal with. Anybody that went in there, they got the wrong size stuff. Wrong, wrong everything. Wrong pants, wrong jacket. The shirt they gave me, because I was actually going to get a white shirt from them. Thankfully, I had a custom-fitted shirt instead. They gave me a shirt that literally looked like a nightgown. Fran, your brother, best man, was given a bow tie that didn't work. Yeah, broken bow tie. My cousin Lochu, one of his buttons fell off. Uh, when our buddy Matt Cuna went in to, to get his oh, pants, they went up to about his mid-shin. Also, so I was with Cuna on the ride home, and he and he said, you know, wait in the car, I'll be like two seconds. They kept him waiting inside to drop his suit off for like five minutes, something to do with some weird COVID ar- arbitrary rule. That That's the, the issue, too, going there is just hell on earth. The Medford, Medford one, the, oh, yeah. wait, the wait times to just pick up, like next to nothing, I was picking up a pair of shoes from him. 
it took like 30 minutes. They, they can't do anything. I'll, if I have to rent the tuxedo again, which I do, where I have a buddy, as you, we're all going to a uh, black tie wedding in um, the end of the end of the month, or excuse me, end of December, I will be going to Joseph A. Bank or somewhere else. I will not go to a men's warehouse. Were you buying a suit? Not to change subjects, or are you just renting a suit from Joseph since We need a tuxedo, so I'll probably rent a tuxedo. Um, but I'll play that by ear. My point being, I won't be using men's warehouse again. They couldn't have got more things wrong. Yeah, no, my, I mean, I, I went to get my, my shirt. Like, my shirt sleeves uh, did not come out over, like, my like the, uh, my jacket. And I was like, man, they, they screwed this up. Then I started to hear what happened to everybody else, and I felt pretty fucking lucky, to be honest with you. Yeah, they definitely did a terrible job. And I'm not just saying this. You guys actually looked really good, honestly. Thank you. Yeah, a very handsome... Uh, groom's party. We just required sure. a lot of finagling, like, hey, we need we another scram- shirt. We were scrambling. And also, me, I was, I would say it was almost a possible loser of the week because I brought everything except toothpaste and my friggin' tie. <laughs> and thank God the best man, Franz, uh, luckily just had a couple of ties that he brought, which was very close. Luckily, we had a bunch of backup clothes because not not only did everything not fit, a lot of stuff was breaking along the way. So yeah, it, it, was, it was. I was. I told my wife, she's like, oh, why aren't you dancing? I was like, these pants are so close to splitting directly in half that I'm going to have to see you after the, uh, at least after shout is over. John, because I'm not going to get, a little, I'm not getting low in those things. John, I iced you with a Smirnoff ice, and you weren't even able to get on your knees to do the uh, to do the chug. I wasn't going to do it. No, I mean, you're smart. I You chugged it, but you didn't get on your knee, which is fine. I, I ripped my pants trying to pick the dog up. It's just like, what do you... Oh, you ripped your pants to the right over here. Over to Before the we left. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Thankfully, we had a backup pair, but it was just like... I, I'm assuming, did you, write a, did you write a nasty... I haven't yet, because I, I, I actually did write a nasty email. I, um, you should write a tweet. I well. got mine from a different place in men's warehouse, my pants. I got it from um, a different place, and okay. they were losers, too. Mine were, like, painted on. Yeah, so. I mean, well, that's... Men's warehouse just can't get anything right, because the, the issue is, like, well, these pants don't fit great. It's like, well, you could come back another day and get them. It's like, the wedding is Saturday. It is Friday. Yeah. When would you like me to get them, you fucking boneheads? One of the groomsmen, I believe, Ryan Janity... He had to go day of the wedding to yep. pick up his altered suit because they messed up the first time. Yep. So, Men's Warehouse, you suck. We won't be using you for anything. Please, anybody listen to this, do not use Men's Warehouse. You've been added to the illustrious shit list yep. along with Boys Head Deli. John uh, Gruden. John Gruden. Do we have, do we have any other? Uh, we have the USPS. We USPS. have uh, Biblioteca Restaurant in Atlanta that yep. doesn't allow Dominique Wilkins. <laughs> yep. This podcast is brought to you by Joseph A. Bay. <laughs> Uh, anything to touch on before we wrap up today's episode? Uh, really excited for the ALCS. Uh, yep. Sox tonight. You like to think them winning game one. I'd be shocked if they did. That'd be huge. That'd be huge. One. Let's see how sale does. We're going to the game Tuesday. Could not be more excited. Let's hope to God that it's, they're not down 3-0 when we stroll in there. But you know what? We'll give just as much effort regardless. Yep. Uh, be good. Um, NFL week. College football. Big BC game against NC State. Oh, Survivor Pool pick Patty. Survivor Pool this week, I'm using the Chiefs. I know risky because they've been losing, um, but I feel like there's no way they lose a game to the Washington football team to drop to 2-4. and four. I have a lot of faith in um, Mahomes to kind of gut that one out. And it's kind of a tough week if you don't, if you, uh, if you have already used the Rams, who are really the big favorites this week. What about you? I'm also on the Chiefs the because Ram- uh, I have used the Rams, so they are my go-to pick. I don't see a ton of other value on the board. No, here's a sneaky one to use, though, if you're really desperate, if you've used the Chiefs and um, the Rams. Use uh, the Dolphins. Early game in London. Shh. Against the Jags? Against the Jags. I don't see the Jags winning the game anytime soon. Two is back. I know two is not great, but I think the Dolphins win that game. Good I think call. they win it pretty easy. Good call. Uh, all right, we're, we will be back again next week. We're not taking more sabbaticals, so... See you each and every week here uh, on wherever you get your podcast. Uh, So until next week, save it for the podcast.